0: Another Thursday evening rolls around and welcome to Repco Race Control with uh, Murphy and MacKay. Hey, Murph, how are you, buddy?
1: Yeah, not too bad. Thank you, Stephen. Another week, hey? Another week and a whole bunch of stuff in the <laughs> motorsport world to talk about. Well,
0: let, let's talk to a mate of ours who we have spoken to in recent times. That's SVG, goes to Rally Hawks Bay. And I don't know, do, do we say surprise, surprise that he's leading until he has that episode on, on stage four?
1: Uh, to be honest, I am a little. I was a little surprised that he came out of the gate um, at Rally Hawks Bay and and you know cleaned up the first three stages reasonably convincingly. Mm. Um, you know, considering the the competition. Um, I mean, it's a it's a pretty new rally. No one's really done anything there for ten years. Mm. Uh, as, you know, so the I think. Ben Hunt told me that he had done a few of the stages or something way, way back when in a two wheel drive car. So that just, I spoke, I think puts into context, you know, you've got SVG up against someone like Ben Hunt who's been rallying for over 10 years and, um, yeah. and Shane goes out and, and basically leads the rally um, over the first three stages. So, uh, I, I probably, I probably thought he would be, I thought he'd be near the front, but I probably didn't give him as much credit that he was going to lead the first three. And, and the reason, and, and he would have probably continued to lead, um, after stage, you know, through stage four as well, but he just had that little moment, a tiny little moment, which just caught him out slightly and very easy to do. And he just got beached, nothing wrong with the car, um, but he just couldn't get it out. And, and when he did try to get it out, unfortunately he damaged the gearbox just because the reverse gears in those cars are, are pretty light on and and um, it just uh, meant that he was uh, stuck there until he got pulled out and he had to do a temporary withdrawal. The team that he's got looking after the car uh, did an amazing job, replaced the gearbox and he got to do the last two stages of the event. Um, I mean, you've got to remember it's just practice essentially for... Shane getting ready for um, you know Ripco awesome. Rally New Zealand um, in in September, but still really disappointing him, and he was really pissed off to be honest that he you know had made the mistake because he was you know he's there to um, do the miles and as much as he can and learn and learn and learn. So um, you know it's frustrating when something like that happens. If we put it in context, is because he's able to
0: perform at such a high level in different formulas that he attempts. Uh, do we look at Shane Van Gisbergen as maybe a once-in-a-generation driver because of that ability?
1: Yeah, I think that's probably, that could be quite a fair summation, mm. I reckon. Yeah. Um, you know, other other drivers have tried other things. I mean, I, uh, I, how many have gone, well, you know, Kimi Raikkonen went and did uh, some rallying, was actually was pretty good at it. Um, there's been other other drivers that have gone and done rallying and been pretty good from having pretty successful kind of uh, careers in other forms of motorsport. Um, it's a very challenging sport to go and jump into um, and, and be good at because it's just such a different discipline to what you're used to, you know, such an incredibly different discipline. But, um, you know, it doesn't really matter what he jumps into. You know, Scott McLaughlin, um, said the other week he was doing one of his bus bros um, segments with Joseph Newgarden that, you know, Joseph asked him, you know, which which driver would you like to see from any formula jump into an Indy car? And he said Shane Van Gisbergen. And, and, Shane,
0: and Shane Van Gisbergen said to us on Sky Speed two weeks ago, no, I'm happy with supercars. I have no idea. I just want to do the Nürburgring and then I'm happy.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's, you know, and I have no doubt. And people like Scott would have no doubt that SVG, if he jumped into an IndyCar, car, he'd get on top of, you know, the car quite quickly and, and probably do a very similar job to what Scott McLaughlin's done. Um, you know, but, yeah, we're probably never going to probably never gonna see that happen.
0: Both of those drivers that you mentioned have won at Pukekohe. And the sad news over the last couple of weeks is that Pukekohe will be no longer. April 2023 will be no longer available as a racetrack, which, is in, which will be in its... 60th year 1963 the was when it opened as a track as someone who has won there you were you know politely called the king of pukakau just what was your initial reaction
1: oh i suppose it was um just disappointment and you know just a, just a bit sad about the fact that that it, that you know it's been announced that um it's going to be no more um you know, the uh, for me, it, uh, I've obviously got a lot of uh, significant memories, which I'm I'm very fortunate to have, as do many other race car drivers. Um, but and so do fans. I mean, there's there's fans that have that have been going to Pukekohe, watching motorsport there for decades. Remember, absolute decades. I mean, yes. I've been been going there for how many decades? So the '90s, to, you know, um, long enough. Years, long enough. Yeah, thirty years. I've been going there. Which is um, which is significant, obviously. Um, so you know that that um, you know there's so much that's happened over that time, and you know it's such an enjoyable racetrack to drive on. I mean, you know, there ain't much in the way of facilities; there never has been. But you know what people um, get from Pukekohe is is the is the history and yeah. the, the creation of, of of great drivers. You know the significance of. Of what drivers have have contributed to the sport there um the names they've made for themselves um you know we we, it goes back to when it opened in the 60s you know some of the 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 world-class international drivers that raced there won there the tasman series the new zealand grand prix you know just absolute you know icons of the sport that have um, spent so much time there and Someone that we should actually get on the show, and maybe we do that in the next uh, little while, is as um, Ken Smith, oh, get yeah. him on and have a have a chat to him about it. Because, you know, if there's anyone that's got, you know, the most most vivid of memories for such a long period of time, uh, will be will be Ken Smith, and you know what he's achieved there, and what he thinks of the place. You know, um, I think um, everyone should uh, shut up and listen when he talks about it, because um, he he really is an icon of our of our sport.
0: And, well, sort of still racing 60 years on from that as well. When he, when he heard the news, he actually thought someone was joking that he, he couldn't believe it. Oh, but, really? but I think when yeah. we move forward about this, myth, I think the most important thing is that the, the legacy is remembered. Because, you know, you and I both looked at that track in the facilities uh, when we were recording the last edition of Sky Speed. And it's a mare. It, it, it is a dump, let's be blunt. And it, and it probably doesn't stand up to modern standards. And and the audience is changing, Right. The audience is changing, so for me, the fact that the memories are kept and you know are remembered in the proper way is probably more important than the actual track itself. Now that we know
1: it's going, uh, yeah, I, that's that's um, very fair. I think um, what you've just said there it is. It's important that we do maintain and and remember uh, moving forward. Um, yeah, I mean, as I say, it, it you know the the owners of the facility have not um, really invested. Over the over a long period of time um, and yeah it, it is it's left wanting uh, big time as far as facilities go but we you know we look we look beyond all that because of the track and mm. um, and those memories and you know the the I suppose it's very New Zealand it's very New Zealand in that respect. Um, so we are going to miss that the that the asphalt. I doubt we'll miss much more. Um because of what you've just said. You're right. Um and it is crumbling. It's it's in it's in a bit of uh definitely decay. Um but it's still it's going to yeah, you know, we'll move on and and probably, you know, um forget about that uh um quite quickly, but we'll never forget. We'll never forget the you Know the memories of it, it's know. all
0: very funereal, isn't it? When you start talking about that, we'll move on, but we will never forget it. And Hampton Downs, good, Stephen, <laughs> gotta try it once mm-hmm. in a while. We just uh, and one would assume rightly that Hampton Downs is in the box seat to pick up supercars and any other racing format that uh, anyone would like to try and bring into the, the country,
1: yeah. Yeah, I mean, Pookie is quite restricted. Um, it gets supercars but there's there's not really much else that uh, of any sizable nature that goes on there um, obviously new zealand motorsport um, still use it for for national rounds and all that kind of stuff but um, and it and that's where the pressure will be put on other circuits specifically up in the you know upper North Island on Hampton Downs because now you know there's not two to, to take the load and the sh- and share the load of not just motorsport but the use for practice and testing and car launches and manufacturers doing stuff out there and, and all sorts of other things the load now is going to be squarely on, on Hampton in many respects um, probably it will shift also further south down to Topol and maybe even Manfield might um, see, the, uh, see some flow on um, but You know, it means that there's going to be a lot of stress on being able to get availability of a circuit for many, many different different things that they are used for, because it's not just racing that these facilities get used for.
0: OK, so it's a sad time at the moment, but we look forward to uh, supercars coming at 9 through 11 of September. So a little piece of history. Uh, be there for that round of Repco supercars. You are listening to Repco Race Control with uh, Murph and McIver. We're going to talk Indy uh, in a few minutes time, but uh, coming next after the break, we talk to one man who is on the road to Indy and back at home for the a wee break for the first time in a long time. Uh, USF 2000 driver Billy Fraser is up next here on Repco Race Control Control. control. This is a Thursday evening and Ripco Race Control with McIver and Murph, and uh, well, we've uh, discovered that one Billy Fraser USF two thousand driver is, is back in town for a wee while. What brings you home, Billy? Oh, what
2: brings me home? A uh, little bit of a break in the season. Got to got to get a student visa. I start university in Indy, and yeah, it's just it's just a good opportunity to to get home, catch up with families and friends, and. Enjoy the the great New Zealand weather.
0: <laughs> You're lying, right? You you don't you don't don't want to be in this cold weather at all. You want to be back in the, the warmth of the states, right?
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, for sure. It's just getting a little bit a um, little bit nice over there. Um, it is good to be out of the RV for a bit of a break to be home. Uh, that that's been an awesome six months. A lot of, a lot of stories there as well. But yeah, it, it is good to be home in some ways. Talk to me about uh, this
0: university that's just popped up.
2: Yeah, yeah. So that's um. I, I kind of last year decided that um, there, there was a bit of downtime during the race season, and I I always tried hard hard in high school. Um, you know, I, I do find that side of motor racing really interesting. So I applied to IUPUI, which is uh, Indianapolis, uh, a university based in Indianapolis, and I um, I went really well in high school. You know, with with COVID in 2020, that was my graduating year. Just gave me a bit more time to to focus on the on getting the good grades and. Yeah, from that I've got a, um, an academic scholarship to start mechanical engineering and motorsport engineering, in, in a couple of weeks' time, so I'm pretty excited about it. Oh, why are you gonna be a freshman? Were you a freshman? Does that make you a freshman? Yeah, yeah. I guess that the lingo is a little bit different. So I'll, I'll be a freshman. Um, I'll, I think I might be one or two years older than most people. So I got to yeah catch up on my chemistry, physics, and math. So I. Um, I think the school's pretty hard in New Zealand, so just from the people I've met in America, so like anything, I'll give it
0: 100%. Let's talk about your racing. Uh, start of the season, absolute cracker, sitting P2 in the championship. Things have not gone so well in the second half of the season. One race to go. What has gone wrong as far as you see?
2: Um, it's, a, it's a good question. Uh, like like you did, did say, it was really positive to start with. Uh, running second, uh, we didn't quite get that race win in the first half of the season we, we had a little bit of bad luck and just just like anything you know uh things start to snowball uh and and yeah just in the these last four four races just uh mechanical gremlins and a few few unlucky crashes didn't go our way. a few bad sessions and yeah falling from from second to fifth and and what i would call one of the most competitive junior racing series in, in the world it, it's it's just meant that i've this, this championship's kind of slipped away from me, which has been really frustrating because we, you know, I've had some great comeback drives this year um, from from the back of, um, you know, bad luck being able to turn it around. And, and yeah, just you can only do that so much. So it's uh, at the start of the year being able to come back, but near now, just with the, the skill level raising towards the second half of the season, um, I'm not giving up. We've still got three races to go at our last round in Portland. So I still want that that win, um, and and yeah, bring my my podium rate back up to 50% because it's been a, it's been a really good year. I had a lot of fun, learned a lot. Hopefully, I've proven myself, you know consistently running at the front and and yeah I want to um I want to make a career as an IndyCar driver so I hope I've done enough to to kind of carry it on into 2023.
0: Oh now that's the first time you've mentioned I want to be an IndyCar driver you've never really committed to anything that when we've had this discussion so when did that come around has it just been being around it? Yeah
2: for sure that that's the great thing about the road to Indy we are at all these um IndyCar events and especially being in, in the trailer um, six six months living with dad in the RV we've, we've met some fantastic people and and these people they just um they bring that they, these these guys are IndyCar addicts you know if uh, uh, IndyCar fans you know this, they live and breathe it and getting to experience the 500 um, with you know 350,000 people there was just just amazing the fourth of July weekend being um, in the campground with the with the indie fans it's just uh, it's really grown on me uh, that that, uh, that American culture. It's uh, it do, it does grow on you, and, and you do see the world a little bit differently from that. So I um I can't wait for the wait for the future. Um, it's been great to have um you know the likes of, of Scotty or both Scotties, and, and there's, there's even Hunter. You know, winning winning an in Indy Lights. It's, mm. it's been fantastic. So yeah, there's a bit of a pathway there now. I um I love the environment that I'm in, and I just want to
0: keep going. Is it a pathway that you might be able to use to your advantage?
2: Yeah, for sure, and I I have um I have learned a lot uh this this year, and and it's interesting to see the the more time you spend in the states, the the, the more you get familiar with the culture, the way teams work, and it it is good to get advice. there. I, I had a great conversation with with Scott McLaughlin before Toronto, and yeah, got his thoughts before heading out into a street course. You know, just just focus on yourself, um, get that first practice session under your belt, and build. You know, that that kind of track is all about momentum, so. Unfortunately, on that weekend, I had a few um, few things, a few mechanical gremlins, and um, and a a pretty nasty crash in the last race. That wasn't my fault, but it's uh, it's just really good to kind of get those um, yeah those ideas from from drivers that are that are showing themselves at the top, and they just happen to be Kiwis, which is great.
0: Did you see his new RV? Did you hang around his new RV at all?
2: Oh, not not yet. I've only, I've only seen it on <laughs> Bus Bros, to be honest. So it's a, it's a bit of an upgrade from what Dad and I have been in. But
0: it's uh, but it's aspirational, right? Yeah,
2: for sure. It's it's the um it's the same kind of lifestyle, just on a on a lower level. How important having Dad with you for six months?
0: Uh, it, it's been it's it's been pretty good with Dad. Yeah, you know, we have he's, moved, he's gone out of the room. He just bought coffee and he's <laughs> gone out of the room, so he can say anything.
2: Yeah, well, that, funny funny you say that. I, um, I I was kind of joking with him um, for a little while, saying. I probably spent more than seventy percent of this year within ten meters of you. You know, like <laughs> it's, it's 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 pretty crazy when you think about it like that. But it's been it's been our adventure. You know, we're, we're going to have some memories we'll look back on. And yeah, a bit of motor racing in there as well has always been good. Uh, and yeah, you know, it was it's been really good to have somewhere there for the for the good times and you know being able to bounce back from say a tough Friday and, and turn it into a positive Saturday. I uh, no doubt Dad played a big role in that. Are you a better driver now? Definitely. Um, I. You know, last year, I, I can kind of see what I needed to work on. We did have a bit of bad luck in terms of, of the car as well. And I, I just look at that first race meeting at St. Pete, you know, engine blowing up and, and the first lap of practice, first race of the year, no, no experience on the track, only for the experience I had from last year. And starting, uh, for first of all, qualifying less than a tenth off pole with no track time. I, I was pretty proud of that. And just to go out and be P2 in the first race of the year, similar grounds and I, I i kind of think as a racer i've um i know i've always been good and i've been able to show that this year and just you know my my other skills i'm a lot co- more confident in the car and a bit more um free capacity to to kind of work on the on the setup as well whilst i'm driving so definitely come a long way and, and i can't wait to um for the future
0: how much tougher are you mentally because i know you can get grumpy right <laughs> we've talked about this but how much tougher are you to be able to to bounce back, to deflect stuff that would, you know, otherwise knock someone not as tough.
2: Um, you know, I, I've always been a, um, I wouldn't say grumpy, but aggressive, and I, I think I, there's, there's been a few moments this year because I, I am still learning. And you know, end of the day, you are human. Just just watching, you know, Charles Leclerc in his in his Formula One race at France. You know, seeing those shouts on the radio because you are in your own head in those in those instances. But you know, I. Um, if I don't get move of the year for this year, I don't know who will because I've been courageous out there. I've done some some great passes, um, some really clean, fair racing. But uh, it was quite quite cool. I was talking to to Simon Sykes, one of the the competitors in USF, and he, he said, um, "You've done the best move on me, Billy, that anyone's ever done." And when I know you're in my mirrors, I um, yeah, I know I'm screwed. And, th- and this is coming from a competitor. And you know, me me and Simon, he he won the the Formula Sixteen Hundred Champs in, in the US, so. You know, great, great guy. But to to hear that from one of your competitors, you know, it was a, it was a pretty cool feeling. So, I've done a lot of great racing this year, and I just hope that from from what I've done this year, hopefully can can get some more funding, um, and and kind of proven myself a little bit because, uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun and it's a really exciting journey that we're on.
0: Got to take the downs with the ups, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and we've had a few more downs we would have liked this year, but. To, to be consistently on that podium, uh, second in the championship up until the, the halfway point, We're, we've done a lot of great work this year, and yeah, I just want to keep that ball rolling. Nice to have you on, pal. Yeah, you're good to catch up, Stephen, as always.
0: logged into Repco Race Control on a Thursday evening around Australia and New Zealand on SEN and SENZ with Murph and MacIver. We heard uh, in the last segment from uh, Billy Fraser who had a great start to the USF 2000 season but things have just uh, fallen apart slightly. It's been a, a tough learning curve for the young fella but he is determined to, to keep on going. I, I found that interesting, uh, Murph, that he's, uh, he's uh, enrolled in a five-year uh, mechanical course at university in Indiana so he's uh, he's not going anywhere uh, and that's something to look Forward to. Now, on the word of Indy, uh, wow, wasn't it a, a crazy doubleheader at Iowa? Uh, let's first of all
1: uh, talk about uh, Joseph Newgarden, hot to trot. Yes, he was uh, hot to trot until, what, midway through? or oh, Maybe it was just after midway through the second heat mm. on Sunday, um, leading quite comfortably again, looking like he was going to uh, make it five at Iowa, five race wins. And then a suspension failure uh, caught everyone off guard. Um, not exactly sure of what part of the rear suspension on the right-hand side failed, but it pitched him into the fence. It was a reasonable hit. Um, I wouldn't say it's the biggest one by any means that I've seen. Um, but, you know, um, obviously did quite a lot of damage to the car. He seemed okay at the time, um, but then it was later on, um, after he'd been released from the on-site medical centre, that he actually had a, a, a bit of a, an episode and, and, and passed out um, and therefore he had to, was taken back to hospital for an overnight checkup, And everything seems okay, but certainly a bit, a bit, a bit interesting. Um, maybe a, some delayed concussion or something. Yeah. Um, but um, Ferrucci, um, what's his first Santino name? Santino Ferrucci's on standby. Santino. Yeah. He's on standby for this weekend at uh, the Indy Road Course there at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So, you know, fingers crossed for, for Joseph, because, I mean, his championship was really starting to come alive and, I mean, losing those points... Uh, will just hold him back a little bit. But, uh, yeah, um, a pretty pretty tough one in an unexpected situation that he's found himself in.
0: It was a good weekend for Pato Award. Also good for Scott McLaughlin, who, despite having the wheel nut falling off, and that cost him points, right? Uh, the P3... Uh, yeah. But at least the P3 was a, a redemption that the car is quick and, and he is quicker. And, and as he said in his post race interview, you know, it's always hard to pass Scott Dixon, but getting, getting past uh, some, the six timer was a pretty cool thing to do. And, and it keeps him in the hunt, although I don't think he's as much in the hunt as the man who's just quietly sitting third equal and 34 behind, four points behind uh, Erickson, and that is Scott Dixon. I, I, if I'm other drivers, I'm now nervous, really nervous.
1: Sounds a bit like Groundhog Day, really, <laughs> Doesn't it? for yeah. you, and, you and I are talking about this because, um, you know, as, as someone said, it's just Scott, Do- Scott Dixon doing Scott Dixon things. And it's, um, it's not really unexpected by anybody, and no one is surprised that um, the Iceman is just, yeah, beavering away, doing his thing. You know, he won at Toronto, another amazing, um, you know, performance. And then on the weekend – Started 18th in the in the second leg at Iowa, and came through to finish fourth. Um, just building, 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 and 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 capitalizes. Um, he has an amazing record of of um, reliability. The Chip Ganassi team get, always give him a car that seems to be reliable, and just leave it up to him to you know work away through whatever situation is given to him. Um, because they know and they, they've got the confidence that he's going to actually, on a bad day, pluck something out that is um, really, you know, that, uh, it's often what no, you'd never see anyone else being able to do. Um, so, yeah, phenomenal result. He would be a bit disappointed that his countrymen passed him around the outside there hmm. and took away that podium, but amazing confidence for Scott McLaughlin uh, to be able to do that. Um, you know, and claim that uh, that final step on the podium, which was which was phenomenal. So there's a lot to happen and uh, a lot more racing to come in IndyCar. Some really interesting races up ahead, as I say, this weekend and again. Back to back to back. I think they've got another one after it too, haven't they? After yeah, Indy, after
0: yeah, they've got the Indy Grom, uh, the Indy
1: Road Course this weekend, and they keep yeah, on Yeah, this weekend rolling. and then, but then after that, what's the next round? Oh gosh, yeah, you got, me. You got well, me. I think they've got four in a row or something. It's just it's a crazy schedule right now. So, um but points. Yeah, I'm a, yeah. I'm, ex- I'm I'm you know I'm loving it at the moment. Really loving it. Little little bit of uh, you know up and down sort of stuff, keeping the the points race and keeping that championship are very much open and alive. And for me, this is a driver's championship.
0: You know how many... And we'll talk about F1 in just a moment. But you know how we've always talked about if you've got good machinery in F1 and they're all good drivers, you're a half-decent chance of being at the front of the field. But with IndyCar being so equal, it sort of doesn't surprise me that someone like Scott Dixon, being the... One of the mentally toughest drivers out there is able to quietly go about his business and just sort of, you know, do things in stealth mode and get himself back in contention. Is that fair? We do I call that more of a driver's championship?
1: Uh, it's an all, it's all round. I think I think um, to to win the championship in the you know in IndyCar, mm. you've got. You've got street courses, you've got road courses, you've got short ovals, you've got long ovals. I mean, the disciplines that you've got to work at, it's not just going left and right, it's not just another racetrack with different corners going different directions and, you know, it's—it's you've got all these different disciplines that you've got to actually be great at all of them. If you're not going to be good at all of those different disciplines within IndyCar, then you're not going to win the championship. Um, So very much, I mean, you you look, I, I, I love... Where IndyCar is at the moment. And I've said this lots of times. So everyone's probably bored, senseless of it. <laughs> but you've, you know, the thing is, you've got a category which is, which is in many ways a one make category. You've got choices of engines. There's a few areas that you're allowed to work on and develop um, within your own team. But if you look how close it is uh, for a lot of it, albeit I'm just contradicting myself, Joseph and was going to lap. He was going to lap before he uh, had that incident. I think he was coming up to lap fifth or something place. Uh, yeah, it was, that That's right. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So, so here I am saying how close it is, but I mean it's a short track at, at Nashville, and and Penske seem to have a pretty good advantage going on there. Um, so that's a, that's you know a little bit of a um, enigma uh, that circuit in respect to the competitiveness of things. But um, we'll see what happens this weekend. I'm sure it'll be nice and close again. So yeah, you've you've got to you've got to have your A game every single time you turn up. You do in Formula One, but really we know who's going to win. In Formula 1, I don't think it's that – that it's certainly not that clear cut in IndyCar. Nowhere near oh,
0: Yeah, but it's just, it's just su- such a good watch. It's funny how you say you know who's going to win in Formula 1, and with the way Charles Leclerc is driving at the moment, you feel like you already know that Max Verstappen is going to win the Formula 1 title back-to-back.
1: Yeah, it's looking that way, and um what a – yeah – I mean, poor old Charles Leclerc. I, I, I really like him. He's very honest. He's straight up. He's brilliant. Obviously a brilliant race car driver, but he's but he's um, under the pump at the moment. Um, he made a mistake. It was his own mistake. so uh, the French Grand Prix on the weekend, and he's admitted that. Um, nothing to do with the car. Um, and, you know, that is a massive hit in your confidence. That hurts. That hurts hard. But good on him. No excuses. It was me. Um, he has said that before. He doesn't blame anyone else. But he is going to have to uh, find a way to move on from that, put it behind him, and and regain that confidence, and just and keep doing what he does naturally. Right? People do make mistakes, but he's made it. He's made a couple this year, which have been costly. The team have let him down on multiple occasions. So Ferrari really um, should be much much closer and much further up the road than what they are uh, with Charles. Um, them, you know, because of because of all these issues and things. And maybe if the team hadn't made so many mistakes, he wouldn't maybe be trying so hard to make up for it potentially.
0: Are you surprised that Mercedes seem to be getting their mojo back?
1: No, I'm not surprised at all. Um Are you are I, you are you
0: surprised that Lewis has said it's an easy road for Max to win the championship now?
1: No, because Lewis loves <laughs> to talk like that. I mean, you don't have to go too far back when he was literally, you know, just you know so down in the dumps and everything his life was hard and oh my goodness so tough for me oh you know i'm i'm not used to having to fight and struggle and blah 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 and mercedes trying to come up with excuses and and wanting you know things change to make it easier for them and all sorts of stuff so you know then on the weekend here he is you know you know all excited and back to um, being positive and bits and pieces again. So, I mean, he's all over the place. That is such, I'm,
0: such an easy button to push with you.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, but he, I mean, we need Mercedes to be competitive. I want them to be competitive so we actually do have, you know, more cars vying for race wins in Formula One. I think that's, that's really important.
0: While we've been talking about Mercedes, Murph Lewis Hamilton, 300 uh, races driven in a Formula One car, joins an esteemed group. But I thought the, the big number was... Actually, Fernando Alonso—he passed Kimi Räikkönen as the F1 driver to have driven and raced the most laps. Now, eighteen thousand six hundred and seventy-two laps raced and counting.
1: How about that? Wow! Yeah, that's um, that's pretty amazing, <laughs> and, and still looking still looking like he's a young man in the sport.
0: Yeah, yeah, looks good. You got, you know, he's going to go again. So we'll wait and see what happens Absolutely. then. Uh, great weekend. Well, a weekend of ups and downs for Liam Lawson, but got the win in the sprint race, and some of his moves I thought were breathtaking.
1: Ah, uh, yeah, that's that's what sets Liam apart from a lot of other drivers. Is when things are on and when it's working for him. Um, you know, he, he showcases things that uh, only a small percentage of drivers can do. His passes in the sprint race to take the lead and. And do the job one of them honors you know countryman marcus armstrong uh they were they were very special so um yeah great great for him to get a win sunday in the feature race disaster for poor old marcus um armstrong he he had a shocking weekend after a good weekend um at uh, the red Bull ring um but uh, liam didn't just didn't seem to have the pace there was something going on there um, during that race, after the speed that he showed and the raciness he showed in, in the sprint race, something just was a little bit of a miss uh, for the feature. He did get sixth, which was good points. Um, but I actually had expected him to drive further to the front during that race, and it didn't quite happen. So anyway, onwards and upwards, um, well, he's still got plenty of races left to try and, uh, you know, just showcase his, yeah. his skills before the end of the season.
0: Uh, before we take a quick pit stop, our Mitre Service moment of the week goes to Mr. Seven-time NASCAR champ Jimmy Johnson for finally looking like an IndyCar driver. He had a great weekend at Iowa.
1: Yeah, they, they, listen, it makes it makes it quite funny now to think that last year he chose not to do the ovals because he thought that was going to be the difficult part. And then you see him at Iowa um, doing things in an IndyCar on an oval that um, no one else was doing. And a lot of other drivers and teams learning um, on what they should be doing based on watching what Jimmy Johnson was doing. So after an early spin on on the Saturday race, because he put the left front wheel below the apron line, uh, which pitched him into a spin, he got going again and then just drove himself back towards the front of the field. It was was super impressive. So, yeah, really good to see that um, Jimmy had a great time. He he absolutely loved it, enjoyed it, um, and showcased those amazing skills that he's got on an oval
0: and that is our midas service moment of the week here on repco race control stick around the last segment we're going to talk about supercars d1nz and anything else that takes our fancy stay with us This is Repco Race Control with Murph and McIver, and the Repco Supercars Championship is at the bend this weekend for the OTR Super Sprint. Three 24-lap races, and SVG still fairly much in control of the championship. Murph at 1,881 points, with Anton De Pasquale sitting on 1,607. Cameron Waters on 1,521, and then quite a way back is uh, Chaz Mostert at 1,302. Who needs to get going? Is it everyone below SVG, or who do you think has the ability to maybe put a charge on?
1: There's a few that have the ability to put the put a charge on, um, but they are all just chasing one bloke, aren't they? At the end of the day, I mean, there's there's a there's a big step, there's a big step um, between. Uh, SVG and everyone else on a regular basis at the moment. I mean, the, the, the points could be a lot more than that. Remember at uh, Darwin, um, he uh, stuck it up, uh, stuck his car up the inside of Will Davison there and may, trying to make a pass and damaged his, his car, which lost him a whole lot of points. Otherwise, I'm pretty sure it would be over 300, which is a uh, a, a whole round hmm. in points. So Anton needs to, you know, step his game up. Um, and be a bit more consistent. The team need to, you know, provide them with uh, all the tools to do that as well. Uh, Cam Waters, I mean, we, we, all these guys can win races. Will Davison can win races. Chaz can win races. Um, Brock Feeney, um, Shane's teammate, sitting in sixth. I mean, I, I think that's a, a great performance from him to be in the top six in his rookie full-time season. Um, and Brock actually had a rookie test day at the Bend um, uh, not that long ago, which would have given the team some pretty good information as well. Um, so that's pretty interesting that they went, you know, they chose to go all the way down to South Australia from Queensland to do a, uh, a test there, but um, that could be very beneficial for the team. And remember Shane did get uh, the most points last year when they raced to the bend um, from the round, not that we have round winners, but he did get the most points um, at the round. Uh, also, um good fact andre Heimgartner. recall last year when he was with uh, kelly grove racing got his um first race win there as well so it'd be nice to see him um you know get a renewed boost when he turns up there this week and uh, hopefully the brad jones racing operation you know are on the money and give andre a fast car that he can be consistent with for the weekend but you know it's a fight for second in the championship and I mean, I don't know if that's um, enough to get anyone too motivated, but um, you've still got to go out there. You've still got to go out there to try and win every race regardless, right? And that is what it's all about from here on for everybody else, is just winning races and then just see what happens. And as Shane has openly said, you know, Bathurst is 300 points. Yeah, that's the you know, it's It's a race that can flip the championship just straight on its head immediately. So, um, you know, that's not to be forgotten, and we can't overlook that, um, you know, that is a possibility and that would change things dramatically.
0: I've always thought about this, and tell me if I'm getting this wrong. I look at IndyCar and I look at Supercars, right? And both, they're both running similar types of cars, right? One makes or two makes, whatever, you know, different ends, same, 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 right? But I always, it always fascinates me that in supercars, teams seem to fiddle so much with cars to try and change settings, and this that so many times drivers that are really talented are just given poor machinery and and can't challenge.
1: Yeah, it's, it is tight. It's like IndyCar. I mean, IndyCar can still fiddle with their cars. They can they can do lots. Some um, can make a big difference just with the tools uh, that that they're given. So I mean, it can happen in that championship, and it does happen. Um, we, had, you know, uh, on the weekend at um, Iowa, um, uh, Andretti Autosport was was, huh. least to say, pathetic. I mean, they were they were, you know, one of the. I mean, they are one of the biggest teams and and um, one of the teams that um, you know pride themselves on on performance and delivering results, and yet they were just nowhere all weekend. I mean, and that can happen, um, and in supercars, things are so tight. You you know that you're separating you know, um, in qualifying top 10s by a few tenths of a second, top 20s by, you know, six, seven, eight tenths of a second. I mean, it, it's very tight. So the guy that's qualifying 16th and he's, you know, 0.62 off pole position, you know, it looks bad on, on the time sheets or it looks bad on the on the result sheets. But when you take into account the time differential, it's it's just, it's minuscule. And, you know, it doesn't take much to to move up a few spots if you, just happen to get something right or the team do i mean the importance of engineer and driver relationship is 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 massive it really is and there's some great combinations in the pit lane and and at the end of the day triple eight are a a class outfit um, some doddle their i's and cross all their t's attention to detail is absolutely everything so um yeah i mean there's great drivers in the field it does seem that you know the cream does rise to the top in many respects but um, at the end of the day, you know, you, you do have to have everything going for you to be competitive.
0: All right, in this last part of the uh, segment, let's talk about the final, the Century Battery Night. Century Battery is a, a new sponsor for Repco Rally New Zealand coming up. And it's the uh, finale of Valvoline D1NZ, which I know you're starting to like. And it's at Bay Park, and they've been scraping dirt off that for the last two weeks to turn it into a concrete jungle, and they've done a magnificent job. But the good thing here, Murph, the weather forecast is for sunshine, even though it's a, a night race because they've got that big X air, the indoor, you know, the skates and the skateboards and the scooters going on as well, and it promises to be an absolute cracker.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping they get a, an absolute cracker to finish off the the season. I mean, what a place to do it as well. I mean, <laughs> inside the stadium there, Um you know, Bay Park has a, an amazing facility. So, you know, they deserve, uh, after putting all that effort into Mount Smart the other week, they deserve to, to have a, a grand finale. Um, and I'm sure it will be absolutely spectacular. I mean, I'm, a, I'm it's not like I'm not a fan. I, not, I wouldn't say I'm a fan <laughs> of, of drifting. I mean, I, I have huge appreciation for, for the skill set that those guys have. It's amazing. But it's just not um, a, a, you know, uh, part of motorsport that I'm that I'm a, an avid, you know, watcher and follower of, because you can't follow everything. I you would love, I would love to
0: see you in one. I would love to see you compete side by side. No, I think no. you, I think you, I think you would love it. I, it'd be just like you going back to your rally days. You know what's going to happen this weekend, though, right? So we got our mate Fangadan on three hundred and eighty-six points. Taylor James, who won the last round, on three hundred and fifty-eight, and Sean Potros who was a rookie, on three hundred and thirty-eight. But guess who's returning to play? And could possibly upset the whole apple. Darren Kelly, defending champions, turning up for the final round.
1: Well, you said guess who's going to. You said guess who's oh, turning up. And then up, I told and you. you. Gave, I'm sorry. And then you never gave me a chance to answer.
0: Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, Jason yeah. Ferrin, he's an Aussie coming out. So, yeah, so excited. Yeah. <laughs> <so excited. laughs> Dan's old Commodore's coming out. Uh, Luke Fink, Jake Jones, and Carl Thompson, who hasn't raced all year, and he has these ridiculous machines. So, you know what? One of these guys could upset the whole avocado. We could go; it could go right down to the wire, and that's what I think a championship's yeah. all about.
1: That is what a good championship is all about—is—is is, uh, you know going right down to the wire, and uh, hopefully it does. And everyone's under a bit of pressure, and it'll come down to who uh, holds the nerve the most and gets the job done.
0: Yeah, it feels like they're throwing the joker card in here with these extra drivers coming into play. But it should be a whole heap of fun. Live on Sky from uh, five o'clock on Saturday evening. So yes, I'm going to get my drift on. A uh, busy weekend for you, pal.
1: Uh no, not not in a um, excitement sense. <laughs> um, I am actually going to the Motorsport New Zealand AGM on Saturday. Um, have you got uh, your white coat? Uh no, and then I am actually going to uh, the awards dinner. Um, on Saturday night uh, the Motorsport New Zealand awards dinner, um, because I'm going to go pick up um an award for a good friend of mine uh, whose name is Rob Wilson, who is based in the UK. Rob is a, is an, uh, regarded as maybe one of the best driver trainers in the world. Um, he has um, all these amazing drivers. Uh, he's got currently, he, there's nine drivers racing in the Formula One Championship that uses services for driver training and coaching. Um, he's trained you know, rally world, world champions, rally drivers, IndyCar drivers, you name it. He's done it. And he is um, being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Most importantly, he's in the Hall of Fame. Can't be here, so I'm actually going to pick his award up for him.
0: Are you going to that's read his speech?
1: No, he's uh, done a video, and then I, because he will not have the ability to um, respond, up. I'm going to throw him under the bus with all this, <laughs> the things I know about him that other people don't know that he wouldn't want me to tell them.
0: Perfect. That's that's what I like. Yeah. A bit of b- guerrilla tactics. All right, Murph. Have a great weekend. And, folks, that was Repco Race Control for another week. We shall see you on Thursday.